You are now listening to The Prime Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring and investigating all things health and fitness related. Join us on this journey to live life in your prime. Now on to the episode. Yeah. You ready? <laughs> hey. Let's go. Back. Welcome back to another episode of the Find Your Prime Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Mercurio, and I got coach, doctor, all things, Tyler Calacy on the other end, hanging out in his small home out in uh, Vermont somewhere, Maine, I don't know, somewhere in high in the Northeast. Yeah, we prefer the, the term tiny home. It sounds a tiny little home. more uh, fancy, but yeah. Like a little, little, like a little person, a tiny home. Yeah, I wish it would it would make more sense if I was half the size that I am, but it's really not. I mean, it's really not bad. If, if you like, it's 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 more like a fancy RV. That's kind of what it feels like, you know, just kind of like a modern millennial version of an RV. Because there's not like what's the square footage? I think it is 400 square feet. 400 square feet. So that's like most of your bedrooms, and he's the that's his whole house. That's my whole house. Yep, my kitchen. I'm just we're just staring at each other all the time. All four of us, me and my and my girlfriend and the dogs are just always together. It's it's good, but it's yeah a lot of land though, right? You got a big lot though, right? Yeah, we've probably got a good half acre of open land, and then we share, you know, maybe three acres with the neighbors with our landlord. So and they don't care. He actually, our landlord comes over in the middle of the day, and will let our dogs out to play with his dogs uh, in the backyard. He'll just sit on our back porch and. I don't know, drink coffee or something. Maybe not oh. coffee, but yeah, that's it's, a good game. That's cool. not bad. Yeah, so I built a little extended defense so that his dogs can't get out and they can just do whatever they want. Nice. Yeah. So other than living in a, a tiny home, uh, what else you got going on? How's your you know like training wise life? Life. Let's start with life. Life is good. Like I said last week, I've been back in the clinical side of things and really taking on a lot of patients in the home health setting, which is nice. A little change of pace. Outside of that, we are scheduled to go to Wales in September. Courtney, my girlfriend, is also a doctor of physical therapy and is actually specializing in canine physical therapy. Uh, she has to go to Wales for an internship. She didn't have to go to Wales, but out of the list of choices, it was the most intriguing and it was basically an excuse for us to leave the country for a bit. So we're going out there for two weeks and she's going to be interning for a week, so I'll probably just be watching rugby or football and whatever they watch at pubs and uh you know hanging out enjoying whales as far as training goes actually you know what my training is like but uh, i've transitioned to three times a week of, of strength training it's kind of something that i have been thinking about for probably about six months now but it was just hard to let go of the extra couple of days just because you know putting in so much work which i enjoy with, with the programming and, you know, wanting to have time to not just hang out, but like do things with the family after work and things like that. Um, and then you reached out and said that you were going to transition a few times a week. And I was like, well, what, what a better time to, to transition. So yesterday was day one. Today was more of like a aerobic day, you could say. Uh, and it was some running and I, I really feel like a fish out of water. 
when it comes to running. I can I call myself an athlete and I played collegiate football, um, but running is not a comfort zone for my of me, and I definitely felt that today. You know, I feel like every interval I was running differently, trying to figure out what the best way to run is, and I, I don't know. It, it was nice to to get on the the air runner and do some stuff. It was certainly better than running outside, but yeah, I mean, I think. I don't know if I'm pretty good at pacing. So I think the running part of it is, is kind of like a relief for me, but I, I've been doing it a little bit longer. So Tyler's referencing, we've both were talking about it. And I, after the athlete program, I don't know if you guys were listening last week, but we had talked about, you know, this last eight weeks, I've kind of only been doing three days a week strength training with our athletes. So we were doing a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday split which is kind of an interesting split. But no, most of the time for the athletes, what we found over the years is that we give them a long weekend all the time. So they always have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off because people travel a lot. People go to their camps. People go to the beach and all that kind of stuff. So we always had like a really dip in the Friday attendance anyway. So we just decided to just not even program Friday classes during the summer. Um, so that works out really well. And then it just the split is always a little funky when you're doing the back-to-back days like that where, you know, either doing legs twice a day or you're just doing upper lower and then it feels like you're not doing enough legs or not doing enough stuff. So I wanted to do a three day a week, like a true three day a week split and see how it was going. I was going to do it during the eight weeks, but then I really wanted to see the effic- you know, efficacy and efficiency of the program. So I just stuck with it as written. So now I've switched to a traditional three times a week program, which is going to be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday split with Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, being a more aerobic capacity conditioning type days, which as Tyler was just mentioning are more endurance based intervals, nothing over a 300 meter run and a lot of other things in between. And how we usually structure that is, you know, based on total volume, the goal is to build up to approximately 4,000 meters, which through the research is kind of the most, most athletes need to run in terms of training, in terms of interval training. So we do what we call tempo runs, and tempo runs are usually approximately 75% of your max. What's really good about the air runner, like Tyler was talking about, is that you can sprint full speed on it, give yourself a metric. Let's say if you run 20 you know, miles per hour on it or 20 kilometers per hour, you can just take 75% of that and then hold that pace for your intervals. Um, that's what I did like the first week um, because we were also doing testing with the athletes for our max speed. So then I would just take a percentage of that and work it into my intervals. And it worked out really, really well to make it easy. So yeah, so we are beta testing a athlete program for general fitness enthusiasts or maybe, you know, adult recreational sport players. Because I find a lot of folks now, I was just talking with a client this morning who they were playing like beer league softball and they like kind of tore their patellar tendon running to first base because they kind of hit a pothole in the grass or something like that. So, you know, and I think a lot of folks... I've seen this on Instagram a bunch of times. I forget who whose post it is on, but he's also a sports performance trainer. Talked about how people will train like bodybuilders or power lifters, but never want to step on stage. But they play recreational sports, but nobody ever trains like an athlete in place recreational sports. So it's kind of like, how can we, you know, maintain our athleticism so that if we do want to go play pickup sports. And I think part of it for me is that, I've been playing pickup basketball a lot more frequently than I have in the past. And I want to continue to do so. And I want to continue to have fun doing it and playing, you know, at a high level and being able to move and feel good while I do so. So it's given me an opportunity to kind of test all the theories and things I do with my younger athletes. And so far, so good. I've increased my vertical. 
I've increased my speed. I've increased my broad jump. Pretty much every athletic attribute I've improved in the last eight weeks. And um, it's not to say that the, the program is out, you know, amazing or perfect by any means, but we haven't, Tyler and I both, like I haven't, I think we mentioned this in the past that we haven't done anything. I haven't done anything like competitively athletic, you know, other than like maybe a CrossFit competition once a year. But that's not, again, I wouldn't necessarily deem that super athletic in terms of how I define athleticism. So the things that you're doing in a sport are much more dynamic and variable and different things like that. So to be able to do that stuff, and I just haven't done it for 10, maybe more years. You know, I have my last season of football, college football was fall 2004. So we're talking like 18 years, a long time since, since actually putting some pads on and running around and trying to tackle and, and do some stuff. So being able to improve all my athletic performance attributes um, was a testament of me not training, but also I guess the efficiency of the, the program as well, because I have lifted and I have done all these things, but I just haven't been jumping, sprinting and doing all that sort of athletic stuff that was kind of the missing piece to maintaining my athleticism. Go figure. So what you're saying is I should be able to dunk at the end of this, this program. Well, this is only four weeks. So I don't know where you're at right now. Like how close are you to dunking right now? Uh, we should not even worth the conversation. I don't think. What? You can't jump? I mean, it's been a long time since I've tried. I guess, I guess that's Wednesdays. That's tomorrow morning's mission. Yeah, you got to find a basketball rim and see if you can touch the rim. How far? How, how, what's the height of a basketball rim? Ten. So which is the bottom of a wall ball line, right? Uh, potentially, yeah, yeah. So roundabout. We'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I'll put it on film. Yeah. Yeah. So what we were doing at one point in the gym, I wish I had a, like a Vertec type thing at the time, is that we were doing with a partner um, in our our group classes as a, as a partner would stand on a box with like a noodle, a pool noodle, and the other partner would try to jump and hit their head on it. And they would give you a, a target. What I was doing, like Tyler's explaining, we have a wall ball target line, but it's against the wall. So when you're trying to run and jump like max vertical at it, like <laughs> you fall as you hit the wall. So it doesn't, it's, I was trying, um, but I was, wasn't always successful because I was trying to dodge the wall simultaneously while trying to do it. So yeah, having a vertex where it has like the things where you, you hit, would be yeah. very yeah it would be a, a very good maybe i'll just buy one why not i got yeah, i got a little equipment slush. i got an equipment slush fund i could just throw some stuff <laughs> this guy doesn't need much convincing to consider purchasing more fitness equipment no no especially when it comes to something that's actually fun so awesome yeah so tr- so switching to, to three times a week i think for the most part would be an actual a, a great you know and all three days are going to be total body so just like i guess put that out there that we're not just training legs or we're not just training arms or we're not doing, you know, like up, upper lower splits or shoulder, boulder shoulder days or anything like that. It's a true like athletic performance driven thing with the first day was, you know, all about linear acceleration. So the movements that were in it focus on acceleration tomorrow will be more like lateral change of direction type stuff. And then Friday will be more like linear speed. So we'll do a little bit more like max velocity stuff. And then we'll keep fluctuating between linear and lateral lateral days uh, each day in terms of the athletic performance attributes. And then the strength training parts will kind of correlate with the movements that and the things that we're trying to get better at. Yeah, I like it. I, I think I think I can confidently say that uh, it's it's going to be fun. Uh, it's definitely going to be a good change up. But I once again, I can confidently say that it's probably going to kick my butt a little bit. I mean, I, I try to move rotationally side to side, things like that in my training. And I had some extra stuff in into the, the primes like in, in group class 
um, in-class group program. I try to add some extra stuff in there, but I don't do it like quickly <laughs> or mm. repetitively per se. So it'll be nice. Yeah. And then I think with this too, uh, one of the things that, you know, my wife is pregnant. Um, we have, we are, like, I've, I think we talked about life changes. I've changing jobs, I, or at least my, you know, like going back to teaching full-time in a school setting. Um, we bought and sold a house. Um, so we have a lot of different life changes going on, just like general stress. So my nutrition this summer hasn't really been um, up to snuff, I should say, like what I traditionally would be at. And I've been hovering roughly around like 193 to 196, which is pretty heavy for me. Normally a healthy weight for me, or at least like a, a quote unquote good weight for me is usually somewhere in the, like the 188. So you may think, well, like, oh, it's only like, you know, five to eight pounds, but five to eight pounds make, can make a big difference in terms of how you feel, how you move and all that jazz. So just think about, you know, putting that in perspective. So this summer, not the summer, and in, in addition to starting the program on Monday, I would kind of like took an in body, which is a body composition analysis uh, machine that we have at the gym got my percent body fat, got my weight, got essentially a BMR and kind of like where I'm looking at in terms of what roughly macros I would need to kind of sustain or, or do some things that I, you know, would want to do, you know, both phys physically and like how I want to look aesthetically. So I think there's some changes that I need to make with the stress in my schedule throughout the summer. I was eating a little bit later in the evening. I, we, Tyler and I were just talking about that. And because my, I wasn't eating a lot during the day because I was always going, you know, out and about coaching here for hours of time than going to a speed camp at night. By the time I'd get home, I'd be so hungry that I would just eat kind of whatever was there. Not necessarily that it was all bad food, but I think it, because I was so hungry by the end, I was over consuming right before bed and it didn't kind of sit well with me and I wasn't sleeping all that great. So just a combination of things all together. So there's been a re, a refocus on, you know, going back to, to some quality nutrition. Now I, I said I was going to count macros. I think I told Tyler this, um, and I told Sam, one of the other coaches at the gym, but I've already failed at counting macros because I realized in order to count macros effectively, you have to weigh and measure everything. And I'm not never been a weigh and measure everything type person. And at least the the last two days, like even today for lunch, I went over I, the the gym, Prime Movement Performance, the headquarters is in a plaza that is also adjacent to a grocery store. <laughs> so I didn't bring lunch. <laughs> Um, because I haven't actually been eating lunch because I was doing intermittent fasting for so long. So I only bring one meal and I don't have lunch. And this is kind of my problem that I've been, been running into nutritionally. So I don't have lunch. And I don't have anything to prep for lunch because I just go home and eat dinner and eat a, like a really large dinner. So I just went over to the plaza and I bought a rotisserie chicken and, you know, I don't even know what it's like a pound of strawberries and some yogurt. So I had that for lunch. I didn't eat the whole rotisserie chicken or the pound of strawberries, but I could have. Yes, I could have. And it wouldn't be the first time that I've done that either. So, so I had, you know, I did make a healthier choice, but obviously I can't count the macros. I don't have a scale with me at the gym, which I could probably have a scale at the gym because I have everything else here. I pretty much live here. I take a shower here. I have a microwave. I have all my food and everything here. So I could definitely have a food scale here and weigh and measure my chicken and different things I do. But I realized maybe this week, you know, with all the things going on that, you know, I'm traveling this weekend for a conference that to start counting macros like right now might not be the, the best option, right? I, even when we, I had released something for our general gym population that a good start for nutrition might be just starting with like the 800 gram challenge um, before you count macros. Counting macros to me, and this is why a lot of people are unsuccessful with it, myself included already, is that it's like going to the most advanced movements you can think of in the gym 
and starting there versus starting at the beginning. <laughs> you know, so it's like, hey, I want to do Z. I'm going to go do Z right now. Forget A through, you know, A through Y. Um, so it's it's a good starting point, a good like refresher for me. Just to, like yesterday, I told my wife like it was 6 p.m. Like we had like I was home early because I didn't have my speed camp that I normally did. I said make sure I don't eat anything for the rest of the night. As I, it was at six o'clock because usually from like, that's when I was, I, you know, when you start getting in these habits, I think this is where I think Ben Bergeron talked about this too. Like when you go on vacation and you start eating sweets, you know, and Tyler probably had some of this recently with the wedding because he, you know, I'm sure he binged a little bit and did a lot more eating and consuming, you know, Italian pastries and drinking a little bit more and doing all these sorts of things. When you try to go back into your routine, your, your routine's like, wait, uh, you don't have a routine anymore. You know, like your routine's gone and then you think you're hungry, but you're not hungry. You're just craving sweets because you've been eating sweets for the last three, four days. So it kind of, our body tricks us into thinking that we're still hungry or we want something, but we don't really need that thing. It's just our, we're our cravings. Would you, did you, would you agree with that when you came home from the wedding? Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty much every time we come home, you know, we're just, there's just so much like good Utica food and her family wants to make this for us. And her dad wants to buy these pastries. And then we go to my mom's and we have like some sort of, you know, outlandish Italian dish or a chicken cutlets and things like that. And then when we go to our next contract or our next place of living, our body's like, Hey, whoa, you know, what are you trying to do? Like we, we got used to what we were just doing. So let's, you know, let's keep doing that. So, um, I definitely felt that. And, and as far as the macros go, it's funny how many people, and I'm sure you might get this too. Like, how many people will ask me, you know, if I track my macros um, or what my macros are or when I'm eating, quote unquote, outside the lines of what people think I would be eating. They're like, oh, man, you're going to have to run home after this. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a time and a place when counting macros or tracking macros is beneficial. And I do it myself maybe three months out of the year. Um, and there's been years where I do it for a month and just get tired of it. But like you were saying, it's, it's kind of like a top tier nutritional habit or skill. And people don't realize that like you have to learn the skill and, and you can't just like expect tracking your macros to solve everything. Uh, and I pretty much start none of my clients with tracking macros. If they want to dive into nutrition, we're usually talking about like objectives, like you were saying, hey, let's, let's start trying to eat three servings of veggies, three servings of protein. Um, you know, and drinking half your body weight in ounces of water a day. And once you can do that successfully for two weeks, then we'll, we'll talk about macros or, or not. Maybe we'll spend another two weeks at something else. So, you know, macros is, have, has gotten a lot of attention because of social media and it does well for a lot of people. I'm not knocking it. It did really good things for me, but it also did really bad things for me. There was a time when I was just starting out with CrossFit Utica, tracking my macros, just learned about what what paleo was and I was trying to eat paleo while restricting or sorry, putting myself in a calorie deficit, not restricting my calories. Um, and I, you know, I felt like the man, I got myself down to like 4% body fat, but I was, I was unhealthy and it took me, it took me three plus years to, to undo some of the, like of the, of the bad relationships I had with food some of the mindsets I had around like nutrition and things like that. Um, you know, I'm not saying that everyone that can happen to everyone, but when you get into something that is, is as life consuming as tracking macros, it can be a slippery. Yeah. Slope and I think for sure. unless you have, you know, maybe if I was a fitness competitor where I was like a bodybuilder, I needed to go step on a stage and I had to be a certain thing and I was really trying to dial in my nutrition. 
Like I think macros, you know, like if I'm compete, like that's the thing. Like if I'm competing for something, maybe I can, maybe I can really justify taking that. Yeah, Either yeah, way, way up or way, way down. Like I really down. justify yeah, exactly. tracking everything because obviously when you're not tracking, you know, like if you're not assessing, you're guessing, right? So I think you're you're always kind of guessing to some extent, even if you are. You know, so yesterday I, I went out and had a got a like a sub with my my daughter for lunch because she really wanted a sandwich, and I was and I was like she'll eat it. So, and I was like, well, how do I even track that? You know, like what if like there's no way to conceptual I mean like, well I had like this much bread. I'm not gonna go home and take all the sandwich meat off. Like, oh I had five ounces of turkey and this two ounces of cheese. You know, I'm not gonna do that. Um and I've heard of, you know, some CrossFit games athletes like actually doing that um, at, at like the CrossFit Games dinner, like bringing putting a scale out on the table, like at their meal and weighing and measuring their food and protein. Yeah. Which is, you know, like yes, you're at the highest level of competition. But at the some point, like, hey dude, like relax. You're already here. You know what I mean? Like, this is what Tyler was talking about. Like, are you, are you okay yeah. mentally to like, that you need to carry a scale around with you at the restaurant, you know, and do all that kind of stuff. I understand the point of, you know, like trying to perform at your best and every little thing counts, but at the same time, you know, not being so, I think there's some part of it there. There's a mental clarity part of it. Like, Hey, like I can be okay if I, you know, if I do this or that, the other thing, I think some of that mental stress we might put on ourselves might outweigh some of the physical benefits because obviously mental, the stress and the physical stuff kind of go together hand in hand, which we've talked I about I did before. see, um, I'm currently working with a client who is tracking her macros and it has actually improved her relationship with food because she was kind of viewing food in two categories, healthy or unhealthy, right? Good or bad. And like, you know, that, that kind of classic viewpoint of carbs being bad and like anytime you eat carbs, it's not a good thing and things that are high in fat. So actually tracking her macros has been a great way for her to view food as something like that's powerfully, that's powerful for her and beneficial for her to thrive every day during work with her family and, and with her training. So now she doesn't see, uh, you know, bread as something that's bad and rice is something that's good. She just sees it all as, as fuel, all of it as his carbs. And you can mix and match and, and, and shift those things around. And we've been talking about how, you know, we're going to get to a point where she doesn't really need to track macros anymore. And it's not going to be something that's needed. And she's going to have this great intuition that's been built off of education, right? I think people throw this term intuitive dieting around a lot, but, you know, Intuitive dieting can, once again, be a slippery slope unless you have a good background. And this is where macronutrients can help. Tracking your macros can give you an understanding of the entire field so that you can make educated choices um, for a long time. Yeah, I, I like that perspective in terms of like actually like learning what it is and seeing that maybe – you know, sweet potatoes and white potatoes aren't that different after all, which <laughs> is like a big paleo thing, which I, we went first, paleo first came out when I was doing CrossFit in Brooklyn, like, I don't even know, forever ago now. People were like, oh, you can't have white potatoes. They're so much worse for you than sweet potatoes. And then you look at the, the nutrient profile of them and it's like, actually, white potatoes might be a little bit better for you. Yeah, and you start looking at, for sure. Yep. Yeah, and you start <laughs> looking at some of this stuff and I just think that, you know, we villainize certain food groups and certain food things that, you know, if you looked at them, which by just the numbers, if you didn't have, let's say if you had a chart next to each other and it was bread and rice and you looked at all the nutrients of it, it just, and you just picked whatever one had the, you know, the most nutrient density and most value and things like that, then you might choose some things that you might not think because 
you know, if you just saw them on the surface. So it's, it's kind of like a, like Tyler was saying, it's kind of a slippery slope and even myself included, I still don't overly consume bread, but I do love a bagel sandwich with some sausage, you know, sausage, egg and cheese on a bagel sandwich. But you got to realize is I think where we, as a society, we go wrong is bread is very dense in terms of carbohydrates, in terms of calories. So when you eat a lot of them, that's when things kind of go awry, right? You can have mashed potatoes. We've had mashed potatoes last night for dinner, you know, but when you, when you put the food on your plate, you don't put you don't fill half your plate with mashed potatoes. You know, I think that's where we, we just over consume those things because they taste good and they're, you know, they're whatever. But I think they all, you know, we just have to make sure that we are looking at them from the right perspective uh, versus, you know, the way that we traditionally look at things. So if you, like Tyler was saying with his client, looking at things from the actual nutrient profile of them, I think it's a much better, better place to go. Tyler's going to put his helmet and shoulder pads on if this, maybe a lacrosse helmet and shoulder pads, yeah. not football helmet. Yeah. You guys are going to see some stuff <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Hello there, beloved listener. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is your friendly reminder to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. By giving us some love on your app of choice, you are helping us get the word out to as many people as humanly possible. What that means is that we can continue to invest more time and energy into creating the best podcast for you. Thanks again for the support, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, hey, I'm at my pride. Whoa. Said I'm at my pride.